Happy holidays, everybody, from all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online. I'm Tony Bruschi. Hope you enjoy our encore presentations over the holiday weeks. We have some great episodes from Real Ghost Stories Online years past, as well as The Grave Talks. Brand new episodes, EPP bonus episodes available for EPPs both of these weeks. We never take a week off of that, even over the holidays. So if you're wanting that, become an extra podcast person, an EPP at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Brand new episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online return first week of 2020. Happy holidays, everybody, from all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online. Today on The Grave Talks, The Devil's Board. During the school year of 1987 into 1988, shocking paranormal events took over a dorm in parts of an American college campus. These events would later be chronicled in the book, The Devil's Board. Many of these events are blamed on an infatuation that one student had with what many thought of as a harmless board game, the Ouija board. Spirits were summoned almost daily and one in particular would continue to stand out and let his name and story be known. The spirit claimed to have ended his life on the very same campus where the students were using the devil's board. What at first seemed like an innocent student reaching out for help from beyond the grave very quickly turned malevolent. The spirit seemed to nearly possess and manipulate this one girl to an extreme point, almost resulting in her death and the death of her friends. Today on The Grave Talks, we discuss these real accounts with L. Sidney Fisher. As far as The Devil's Board, the book is concerned, I actually uh, am a living witness to the events that transpired uh, on this community college campus back in 1987. So I knew these characters that were in this story, and it's a story that I had thought about writing for a while, Um, just had several other projects going on at the time, but uh, it finally came around and I I knew that this was this would be a really uh, good story, and um, uh, that's how it transpired. I just um, I just knew uh, about these events that happened, and uh, actually was in the same dorm uh, with Josie and uh, Rachel and Stephanie and Amber. Uh, Amber Simmons was probably the really the main character that got. Uh, really, really into the Ouija board playing, and and um, she was just totally fascinated with the board. Um, and it, it this the spirit just kind of like took over, and she, as strange as it sounds, she developed a, a sort of friendship with a spirit, and just could not leave him alone. Um, so, you know, got into playing the board by herself, and, and this would go on at all hours of the day so, and night. So so take us back, and I, I certainly want to get into that and, and, and some of the details of that story of, of her playing the board and developing that friendship. But take us back to the beginning of all this, um, where you started to get to know, you know, who these, these folks were. Um, and before the board even came in, what was life like? What was going on? What was, you know, the knowledge of, of you know, what these, these things could do or what the board could do? You know, what was going on at the time? What was the inspiration? for all this beginning um, uh, in these folks' lives, and your life, too. 
Well, in the very beginning, uh, you know, they were all just a bunch of, of students that were going into their first year of college there at this at Riverside. All the names were changed uh, in the story. The characters' names were changed. Some of the locations were changed uh, out of, you know, uh, privacy to the institution and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, we all were kind of you know when it all when the story opens up we were all kind of moving into the dorm um getting to know each other it was an exciting time because even though um some of the roommates and our sweet mates as we called them because there was a bathroom that joined the two rooms there um two two dorm rooms together some of us you know had already uh filled out these forms and things at the beginning of the school uh before the the semester had started where we could we could be with our buddies you know from high school the ones that were going on to a community college first and um but there was a few uh new people you know that would be moving into the dorm that we didn't know and uh the reason i say that is because this particular college town also was a high school uh the high school was there as well and and that's where i went so it was kind of like just walking across the street to your to the to the college you're almost on the same campus uh, now fast forward many years later it's of course it's expanded a whole lot and the high school that was in that vicinity of the college has moved but at that time it was all kind of like one big happy world there um but um when we all were kind of getting to know each other within the first few weeks of the semester uh it just was one of these things i don't you know um one particular girl in uh you know was josie and, and amber and they just kind of brought out this ouija board and said uh, that's kind of the way it was approached to uh, rachel uh when they were moving into the dorm together and and they were having conversation about what they like to do and for fun and that kind of thing and she just kind of asked her you know have you ever played with the ouija board or whatever and and she was like well no and so you know they're all moving in their own uh, things from home that you know were uh, meaningful to them in some way and and this was kind of like you know it has a taboo element to it and so it's um, uh, it's got that uh, element to it and um, but Amber was also met Rachel and uh, Josie later on they were all in the um, in the school and things together they had classes together that kind of thing um some of them were band members so they were in also musical productions together in the theater uh theater and uh so they all kind of knew each other and um but that's how that it kind of got introduced um to the rest of the group, mainly Rachel was the one that was totally against, you know, playing with it because she was a little bit scared of it. And she had grown up in a haunted house herself. So she already uh, didn't really want to be, didn't want to have any uh, doings with the spirits and that kind of thing because she had, she had lived it for so long. But um, Amber um, was the one who uh, brought this out and the, the group of students ended up growing to it started out just with a little bit of play on the board um you know during the weekend or at night after classes and things after dinner when they had gotten to their dorm room and they would sit on the floor and that kind of thing 
Uh, it grew, though, to a group of about 35 to 40 people. Um, it, it got to be something to where, you know, she was telling folks, uh, other students on campus, won't you join us tonight? We're going to play with the Ouija board, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, does that really happen? And is it really real? Those were the type of questions that she would get from other students. And she would tell them, well, why don't you just come on over and see for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the way this this got started. The only thing is, is that in the very beginning, there wasn't necessarily any particular spirit or they didn't know the name of the spirit. The spirit had not given its, you know, its identity, had not an assumed an identity. It would just be something to where they, the, it was moving and they would ask it questions. And, you know, it was really, it was supposed to be all in fun, but a lot of people that participated in it, some of them would ask um, questions that has to do with love and relationships is what everybody seems to want to know about. Um, questions that pertain to their life, like should they major in this or that? So, and there's some things, you know, that, that I'm telling you that actually weren't scenes that were set up in the story. I'm telling you from a day-to-day basis and me being there and actually having seen this, this is kind of like the, the things that would go on. But the real trouble started when she would start playing this every single day, and so much so that she was able to make contact with the spirit who gave himself an identity. And I won't say his real name or the name that was uh, identified in the um, in real life, but his spiritual name was Ryan Banks. Um, he claimed that he had been murdered. Uh, not murdered, that he had committed suicide. Excuse me, I'm sorry. He had committed suicide on campus um, there when he was about 21 years old. He had done this in front of the dorm uh, in, in like the courtyard area. And it's so strange because when I started doing research for this for this book and, you know, I'm going back to this campus you know, many years later, and I walk onto that campus. There, there's these rumors are still there. It's it's so it, it's it's just fantastical, you know, um, that the that the story that the it continues to be passed on year after year about the Ouija spirit who co- said he committed suicide there and claimed that he had played baseball there, uh, was a baseball player, a student, and that he had just not had a very good experience and um, a girl had broken his heart and he he came across to Amber during the conversations that they would have you know he they gain your trust and and all by uh, he assumed the posture of making her feel sorry for him and um, you know she was the type of person that was kind of a loner anyway you know she didn't really have um a wide circle of friends. Um, she wasn't really, now she was one of the ones that wasn't really into theater or music or anything. She was just kind of there. Uh, she was just there taking some classes and that kind of thing, uh, not meaning that she necessarily didn't fit in, but she was a loner type. And so, uh, in fact, her mom had uh, recently left and gone to California is what I told in the book. She she actually had gone to London, England in real life. Um, and so she was just kind of on her own. 
Amber Simmons was just kind of um, by herself. And, and I think that she felt that way sometimes. And that may even explain why that she was so uh, enamored with this with this Ouija board spirit because she in the beginning he started out very very nice and um kind of like her her friends you know and and they would start talking and things and she would play the board by herself um at night she would actually sit down in the room when her roommates weren't there and sit Indian style on the floor and put the board on her lap and she'd have a little candle but she almost always was in the dark anytime that we would walk into the room there she was sitting there with the lights out and she's got the board and she's playing with it and it was like whenever we would enter the room it would break that contact you know and she would let out a big sigh and look up and say y'all be quiet you know um (laughs) so and she would start again playing with this Ouija board now, I would walk in and out. I, I personally did not like to hang around when that was going on. So uh, I saw some of the, the events, though, that are in this book. I was present and witnessed those for myself. I also tell about the um, what's kind of happened, you know, what happened to the, the characters once they left, once this was over. Um, but this went on for months. What were some of the events that that you witnessed that that made you raise your eyebrows and go, what is going on here? Yeah, um, the main one was whenever she was actually in her dorm room sitting in the floor and she there was a few of us that were standing around. I remember Stephanie was there. Josie was there. uh, Rachel was uh, in the other room, but she was sitting on the floor and she was playing with this Ouija board and I walked in about that time and I was going I whispered to Stephanie what's what's up and she says he just told Amber the the type of handgun that he used to kill himself I said you have got to be kidding me and um yeah he he the the Ouija board spirit absolutely so Amber started at that point and she just kind of, I remember looking at her and she had this kind of like wicked grin on her face. And I'm going, that is so freaking scary. Um, because I don't know whether at that moment she didn't believe it or that it was just because she herself was thinking this is so outlandish um, or what. But she took her hands i remember seeing her she moved her hands away from the planchette for just a minute and she looked around at everybody and we were all our faces were like no way no way and then i was like okay i think it's time for me to to go i, I am not hanging around because she just immediately she looked up she's going oh my gosh you know and she puts her hands back on it and she's going and tell me again when that happened so I didn't hear exactly the date or whatever. And sometimes from what they told me to, he would, and from my own research, he would not give, he would he would contradict himself. You know, spirit sometimes will do that um, when you're playing with a Ouija board and you're contacting spirits, which I've always said, how can you really know who you're talking to? 
You know, I've gotten questions over the years so many times about my own Ouija board uh, experiences is how can, have you ever had a good one? I can't tell you that I have ever had a good Ouija board experience. I mean, I just can't, where I, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you're looking for what would be classified as a good Ouija board experience, mm-hmm. you know, what actually would classify as a good encounter? Uh, does that mean possibly that you met a spirit who gave you uh, good advice or, uh, you know, kind of let you on for something that was potentially coming, uh, such as a move or a career change or something, and then you see that come to pass in a positive way. I've never heard those stories before, not ever. So, uh, and my own personal experiences have not been good. There, it's, it's very frightening. The, the thing about it is, and I think it's because you actually become, uh, you know, you become a portal for them to speak through you and you don't know what you're actually attracting the bad thing is is when they stick around and they don't leave and um at even at some point amber had started to take on personality changes and she became more and more and more reclusive um to the point to where you know they, they would all go to eat and nobody she was already a little girl it's so funny i say this she was um she was very thin she was a very thin girl and um I, and she smoked cigarettes all the time um and i think she got to a point i say it jokingly that she she smoked all the time she didn't eat so but it was to the point to where she was more interested in playing the Ouija board than really doing anything else. Her grades and things suffered from it. I mean, it was bizarre. It really, really was bizarre. It would be, she would go to class. Um, We do know that she was going to class for sure. She'd show up, but you know, you, you had a few months of this actually, It lasted from about October up to around, uh, in real life, it started at the beginning of the school year. So that set up as it happened here. And it did end with about three months, within about three months. So around October is when it actually fell to pieces. But I don't want to give away things because... uh, there is that would be a spoiler if someone is interested in uh, reading that story um, there's a lead up to the very end and what the Ouija sport uh, Ouija spirit actually um, did you know proved themselves and that's one thing that you don't ever do is challenge them and you know you can only be so brave and I think that Amber had gotten to the point to where she was just really she was really pushing pushing her luck and um, but that's that's kind of you know that's that's where it started from there when this was going on and she was having these conversations with with the spirit that, that she she assumed she was talking to I'm assuming um, did, did she believe that it was that man that had taken his life was there any out there what was what was the community around her thinking what were her friends thinking uh, as this is going on 
they were all we all every one of us was thinking that it was a legitimate spirit that this was something that had happened in real life um and that possibly the the spirit of this person you know was coming through the board and that he was you know talking directly to amber um it was it was really amazing because he would give he would he would say that of course it was all spelling it out with the letters you know on the board but the things that he was communicating to her would lead you to believe that this was a real you know situation that happened he would talk about the girl that he was in love with he would say particular things that she was very pretty or that um he would say things like uh, she did not stay with him that he was just uh, uh, you know a go-between not a go-between but a uh, a stepping stone I'm sorry a stepping stone to um, to something else to because she was moving she was going on to another college and once she finished up those two years so there were certain details that he talked about especially with the weapon he would tell them exactly where he was standing over at that particular uh boys dorm uh in the courtyard area there were things that he knew that made you think that he really had been a student there on the other hand you know, if you had had any experience with spiritualism or uh, you knew anything about how that Ouija board experiences can be, you would have realized that it's very possible that this is this particular spirit has never taken on the uh, a human body, has never lived, has never walked the earth in human form, and it can just be a negative lower vibrational entity that is absolutely telling them a bunch of garbage and and is um, ultimately wanting them to do his bidding or to do ill things, ill will. Um, That kind of is the intent. And and I've always believed that sometimes the spirits that come through Ouija boards, it's it's, uh, um, their intent is to cause havoc and chaos and uh, negative experiences or to somehow weave into your life to call and you can see personality changes in um, people who constantly are playing with these things and they get attachments and I think that that is I think that Amber Simmons was leading herself up to the point of being possessed Um, absolutely and, but I think that by the time that all of this had happened, um, where it was, they they actually went over and, and had a night. They planned a night where they were over at the Performing Arts Center, and they uh, had about thirty-five or forty people over there, and they were using the board. And you'll see this this story is set up in the book. Um, this particular scene where they're using the board and something happens to Nate uh, he literally becomes like in a trance and uh, his whole body just um, becomes limp and he falls into the floor after you know the the spirit is challenged and the whole windows rattled I was at that I saw that happen I witnessed it and I'm telling you I've never seen people run so fast trying to get out of there um 
literally that there were the huge windows that were there in the front of the of the building where you walk in you know the glass doors and you walk into it and there was a little foyer area there where you could all sit and we all kind of met it was around 6 37 that night still light outside but here they were all playing with it and this was in the very beginning the first few weeks of it and it had become you know the rumors had gotten around campus of this girl has contacted the spirit of this guy that was murdered here on campus and all of this. And so everybody was like, yeah, you know, I, I want to check this out. And so we had a small group or there was a small group that, that came over uh, to the Performing Arts Center and they were all standing around when some of this stuff took place. But um, it didn't take but just a few minutes. And it was over with and everybody was scared to death. I, even I had no idea that um, something that strong would happen, and uh, but the whole it it would you would have thought that it was a tremor, an earth tremor, earthquake tremor. If you did not, if we had not been sitting there with the Ouija board, and listen, what if it was? There are the skeptics that would say, "Oh, it was just an earth tremor or whatever." Well, funny thing is. We're all standing there around these two students playing with this young adults, playing with this Ouija board, challenging it, the spirit. And then you have Nate who literally falls over into the floor at about the time that the tremor happens. So an earthquake tremor doesn't cause a person to become limp and, and literally like go into a trance. Uh, that's not a side effect of an earthquake tremor. Uh, so it, it just, I really believe, I mean, that's what happened. Uh, I believe that this spirit was exceptionally strong. You'll see how strong it was in the end of this book, how that Amber kept on and kept on and kept on, but she went through some personality changes. She, I mean, this stuff caused, there were so many arguments. There were arguments between the four of the, the four or five of the, the students there that were really close, Josie and Rachel and Amber and Stephanie. And Rachel was totally against it being used in the dorm because um, she was afraid of it, it, you know, staying there or whatever. And you're going to see some scenes where literally this thing was whatever this was or possibly another spirit who knows if they brought in more than one but there were visions they were they actually saw uh, an apparition and remember that these two rooms uh there was um they were sweet mates now in the book amber's room was down at the uh far end of the hall in that dorm in real life her room was right next door so, and remember, there was a bathroom that separated it. So it was a, it was a scary thing um, to have that going on. Hangers in the closet would start swinging. Um, the sound of furniture would be moving. It, it was it was very alarming. And and I still think that to this day that it is because of what she contacted through that board. I don't believe that Ryan Banks was actually the spirit. If that person did die, we looked back. I did tons of research on it. Could We never found, even when this all was happening in 1987, 
we did not find out if there was truly a person who had committed suicide on that campus. And even today, years later, when I went back and did additional research, there was a young man who did that, but he did not match that story that Ryan Banks had been telling, the spirit had been telling. My personal opinion is that that spirit that was contacted through the Ouija board by Amber Simmons, my personal opinion is he never walked the earth in human form, but he took on characteristics very cunningly um, so that he could manipulate and control her. And um, it worked for a long time until, yeah. At the point when this is all going on, um, and years later, uh, obviously, retrospectively, you just shared with me how you, you feel and how you view uh, what this was, uh, that it, it was not, in fact, a, a boy or a man named Brian Banks, but it was something else. At the time, did anyone else have the inclination that this might not be who it says it is? <clears throat> you know, most of the people, though, were inexperienced. Excuse me. Most of the people were inexperienced with dealing with uh, spirits or the supernatural. Sure. So when you when you ask is does anybody doubt? There were people that were, and that's what attracted thirty five to forty people, especially the night that it was held over at the Performing Arts Center. When that that group went over there, there were people that going, I don't believe that it's even moving. I think she's moving the planchette. I don't even believe any of it. Um, Of course, we all were made believers. At least that group were made believers when we saw, uh, you know, the the shaking of the the windows and uh, and, and actually the lights inside the, the building flickered off and then came back on. It was like a power surge of some sort. Um. So there were people that doubted that in the very beginning. As far as the ones though that doubted it could be a spirit or not, they just really didn't know what to make of it. Stephanie had did not have a background uh, in with the supernatural or had never really been into that. Uh, the only one that really was super spooked was Rachel. Um, Nate was super spooked from it because of his background uh, you know he wanted to play with it a little bit in the beginning and and he got himself you know he he really didn't realize I think um, nobody realized the ones that they knew that it could be dangerous but you got to remember too that these are 18 year old students and you know they're they're not someone who's very very experienced with dealing with the supernatural or even being involved in paranormal investigations at this point or or anything at all their background is not in that they have no background really in anything except school you know um so rachel definitely uh believed that it could possibly be a negative entity uh, because of the things that she had heard and known about during her years uh, and then living, of course, being exposed to living in, in a haunted home. Um, so she was, from the very beginning, she was against it and kept warning them uh, the potential danger that could be involved in it. But 
you know, it didn't seem to deter uh, Amber from that. Stephanie, really, uh, because she wasn't experienced, she was just curious and really wondered um, if it could possibly, I mean, in all, you know, she really just thought that it was a spirit that she had contacted. There was no reason for her to believe that it wasn't an act that Ryan Banks, mm-hmm. Ryan Banks ghost. She just, you know, and Josie thought so too. Rachel, on the other hand, felt like that it was dangerous, that you really shouldn't be contacting that, that nothing good is going to come of this and that kind of thing. And then, of course, you have the local uh, policeman, the campus police. His name is Bobby. And that was, he was the nicest guy. Everyone on campus just loved him. I remember him very well. Um, but he told those, he told those girls uh, to leave that alone. And um, he told Amber Sammons two or three times, you, you know, don't be doing that. And, and he was a little skittish of it. He felt like that you're calling up demons, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was what he would say, you know. And uh, then you had Spencer that was a friend of the, the group. And Spencer was an atheist. So he, he totally, it was all a joke to him. Um, he just didn't believe anything. But he would like follow along just to hang out, you know. Mm-hmm. He was there basically just to hang out. But Spencer ended up being um, targeted at one point. And um, that was very interesting. It, it changed his views somewhat, for sure, after his experience with this, this going on. That wraps up part one of our interview with L. Sidney Fisher about her book, The Devil's Board, and the accounts of her own life in college during the school years of 1987 to 1988. In part two of our interview, we will discuss if the students were ever able to make peace with this evil spirit. Did the spirit make them pay for messing with the demon? Also, where did Amber end up once the board was destroyed? These questions and more will be answered in part two of our interview. You can hear it on our website, thegravetalks.com, and through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegravetalks. Click Become a Gravekeeper when you go to thegravetalks.com. For $5 a month, you'll get access to this episode in full. It's bonus part two, as well as access to every single advanced episode of our program released to you months before they go public. You don't want to miss it. It's only $5 a month. It keeps our show on the air, and you get some great content to listen to in exchange. Check it out at thegravetalks.com or through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegravetalks. For The Grave Talks, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening. We expect a lot from our homes. They're more than a place to hang your hat. They're where you try your hand at gardening and new recipes, rest and recharge, work and play. And that's why at HomeAdvisor, we're committed to keeping your home up and running. Whether you need to repair an overloaded appliance or you're looking to create a backyard retreat worthy of a summer staycation, use the HomeAdvisor app day or night and we'll find a local pro to get the job done right. Whatever you need, we'll do everything to fix your everything. Download the HomeAdvisor app today to get started.